Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Don't forget, we've got our Christmas live show coming up in a couple of weeks' time at O'Neill's in Soho on Thursday, the 12th of December. So just check out eventbrite.co.uk if you fancy coming along and joining us for that. Jim and Gertie are with me as usual. How are you, lads? Good. Recovery mode, really, wasn't it, Jim? It was. I mean, I don't know how many people go out on a Thursday night slash Friday morning to afternoon. It writes your weekend off. Well, you've got to rewind 24 hours before that. You were playing rugby. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you say playing rugby. I was stood on the field and I got 80 minutes out of me. I tell you what, just on that note, Goody, the last couple of weeks and maybe the last couple of years or even decades, a lot of people see you as a see you next Tuesday. What? But now you've totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> what, what's the accent? Um, American. It's oh, okay. off uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, okay. Um, mate, you have. You totally redeem yourself. Fair yeah. play to you. 80 minutes. Again, I don't want to. I couldn't make it down, as we know. Uh, otherwise, the millions would have turned out to watch because I was waiting on Manu to allow you a, a shoot in Birmingham. Anyway, I wish I was there. And I don't want to judge, but I've got to. You looked <laughs> absolutely horrendous. What are you talking about? In your kit. It looked ridiculous. No, I looked pretty good, actually, I thought. And luckily for you, Jim, you didn't come because I'm telling you now, you'd have got filled in. I avoided contact. So every time the opposition had the ball, I ran to the touchline and I was having a, bu- a pint with the fans on the side. And then when we got the ball back, I ran back at, well, I say run, I waddled back on and just start doing what I did when I played. It was like rolling back the years. How did you feel? Um, so first three minutes, fucking unbelievable. Chucked a lovely seed out there. Bloke hits alarm, he's created a break. I'm did like, he catch it? Yeah. And then defensively, uh, they had a scr- opposition had a scrum and they had a 12 that was your height and about 130 kilos. He was fucking massive. And they were like, they didn't try and disguise it. I'm stood at 10 and they were like, 8-12. I'm like, you what? 8-12. I was like, so the eight's picking up, passing to the 12. Where's he running? Straight at me. What I did went, you say? Underlay, underlay, arima, arima. <laughs> I just literally went, you know, you know, it's touch right, boys. They're like, fuck off, it's full on. I'm like, well, I'll tell you something now. I ain't fucking tackling you if you run at me. And I thought he'd be like, oh, okay, fair play. We'll, we'll play something else. Oh, no, he ran hard at me. I just moved out of the way. I said, lads, I ain't here to fucking tackle. I'm here to chuck the ball around, you know, entertain the crowds. And yeah, and that, at that point, I went and hit on the wing for the rest of the game. Just peel back, right? Because before you go out to the game, I don't know if you've got a ritual or anything, but you're going to... I saw you oh, post it a all few went things. Wrong. It all went what? wrong. The whole, so we did the warm-up. I say the warm-up. I did a few hands and I was doing some interviews with the captains because it's going to be on Rugby Pass at some point. Go in the change rooms. I'm, I'm trying to get my phone out to do a bit of Instagram and take the piss and all this. And it's obviously a serious cause. So we're raising money for, as I talked about last week, UK Cops Charity care of police survivors um and the worst thing happened to me ever what i fucking forgot to put my gloves on didn't i no i, I took them with oh, me no. and i forgot to put so you know i was chatting to the lads before the game and you're just three and a half years out of sync with what you used to do and i used to come last out of the changing room didn't do that i was just like oh let's, let's get out there forgot all my rituals and uh superstitions i'm like my hands are getting cut fuck it i ain't got my gloves on so I sent someone back in the changing rooms to take my gloves <laughs> and I wore them. But tell me, before you've gone out, have you seen yourself in the mirror and thought, fuck, I look good. <laughs> uh, no, I avoid all mirrors. <laughs> but luck- luckily, uh, I wasn't the most rotund man on either team. Uh, but they, those boys, to be fair to them, so it was the um, XIX uh, Met Police against the Thames Valley Stags and they were going at each other properly. I'm looking at them going, I ain't having that. So if you'd have been playing in the second row... I would have got fired up. You'd have had to. 
So I avoided contact like the play. It was just a regular game though for me. So my stats after the game, uh, I've gone back through the video obviously. Three kicks at goal, three misses. You miss all three? Same as when I played. Were they easy kicks? Or? No, all touchline. Um, ten tackles. I, I want to say made. Could have made. I could have made. You were in place for them. I was in place for ten tackles and got out of the way of every single one. So ten misses. So same stats as when I played. Uh, but four assists. You know, just ball player, mate. Did you guys win? Uh, so I played half for each team. Um, and I think the team that I was on in each half lost both halves they did yeah <laughs> lost both halves um but yeah it was it was it, do you know what? it was fun and then my ankle seized up my knee was fucking sore but i just battled on through for 80 minutes for the crowd and they were taking the mickey out of me and it, we raised a lot of money which is the main thing mm. and the next thank god there was matt hampson and doddy weird in the next day but i missed the game and my forfeit punishment and this punishment that i want is apparently i'm going to be tasered Naked. Is that happening or not? That's <laughs> someone got to me on social media. Basically, what would you they, want there? They, they, they want to fill you in, man. No, I don't think it would work on me. Why not? I just don't think it would. Or a bush. Too big a bush, so it, right. it takes away the... You know that hangover where he tases him in the face? He, he tases Alan in the face. I don't think it no, would work. No effect. No effect. Um, Come at me if you think you're hard enough. Yeah, so, <laughs> trust me, Jim. They will, you know, lovely guys. Uh, but you can see there's a, there's a switch in all of them. You shower after the game or not? Uh, no, no, just... Uh, Talking of light switches. Did, didn't swear. I was looking around, they were like, there's bush everywhere. I'm like, lads, I can't embarrass you. I can't get my fully vetted lower half out and just say what... You that know, you haven't seen in 10 years. What you... <laughs> That's just tell me, how do I look? <laughs> Big. Um, so, yeah, no, because Mrs. came with the kids and uh, quick Guinness and off we went. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was good fun. Raised a load of money and as I was... Saying as we were talking about, thank goodness for Matt Hampson and the Doddy Weird dinner because uh, I needed the joints needed oiling. Let's just say that because <laughs> I could not walk properly. And my word, were they oiled, mate? You could have oiled a factory. <laughs> it was a great dinner, actually, wasn't it? I mean, it was good. Uh, two fantastic blokes spoke about it. My table was completely sold out by Rugby Pass. <laughs> they felt sorry for me, so they came in and uh, and took a table. Yeah, it's good for a lot of people there when we got on stage for that picture. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, like the England boys were there. Marla was there looking weird and dyed his beard and his Mohican followed me again on social. Oh, he has? Yeah. You're back in, you're back, mate. back in. I said, like, get him a nod. He knew. He knew. Keep away. But yeah, we got in late, didn't we? <laughs> well, to find late. Oh, well. Jim, what time do you get home? Oh, got back to your hotel at, at one, one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Jesus. It was a late one. Um, Nigel Ray was there. He was. Gave him a hug. Yeah, yeah. he blanked it. He didn't. He, he offered him out. Offered me an investment. No, he offered you out. He, he offered, offered you me out. An investment. No, he offered you oh, no, outside. Pay out again. Sorry, no, yeah, he yeah, offered yeah. you outside. Yeah. But yeah, I started off, and uh, I could have could have made the missus happy for Christmas. What do you mean? Well, we, the heads and tails. You know, how many people are reckon in that room? Twelve hundred millions. Oh, so, uh, what? And the classic heads and tails. And as we know, well, as you two gents know, um, so there's only one winner in those competitions. But it was an interesting. It was a spin on heads and tails. It wasn't flick a coin, choose the head, choose the tail, whoever. Keeps going to the end wins. It was try or no try. Refereed by Wayne Barnes. So he was on stage saying whether it was a try or not. And the video played. You, you made your choices. And everyone picked whether it was a try or no try. And only one of us got every single one right. And it was a prize. It was a set of diamond earrings. And they were... They were big. Oh, they were tasty. But being the gentleman that I am... And you can't eat diamonds. I don't want diamond earrings for the missus that I've won at a charity dinner. Because this is what he said on stage. 
my missus got loads of diamond earrings. <laughs> That's what he said in front of everyone and everyone was like, oh, here he is. Oh, my uh, missus has got loads of these. Yeah, Don't no, worry she, about she it. Hasn't, she hasn't even got her ears pierced, to be fair. But um, no, so I donated them back to uh, Hambo and uh, Doddy, so the Matt Hampson Foundation and uh, MND, Motor Neuron Disease Foundation that Doddy set up. I think they raised... And totally redeem yourself again. Four grand, I think they did. It's all about doing good things for a lot of good people. And I've done that over the last week. And the body is still sore. And talking of good things, so generally, what do you do on a hangover? So we were chatting about how we're feeling the next day. So to Andy Rowe, what are you doing? Sends me a picture. You're working from home. Goody sends me a picture surrounded by a KFC bucket. <laughs> so I well, think now tell the truth. So I'm trying to get rid of the. Uh, so I'm trying to get rid of the beer fit. So I head to the gym and get on the running machine. And, and I'm thinking, thinking to myself, wondering why I was on the dance floor at four in the morning when I'm married with four children. <laughs> Swear to God, fell off the running machine. So in the gym that I go to, they got the new running machine, and the, and the tracks on them are quite tight. And you, everyone has seen the, the video on social media that goes around where the bloke looks over his shoulder at um, a passing civilian falls off and then starts doing press-ups on the floor. Well, I've literally, because I'm that hanging, I've just clipped the corner of the, the, the treadmill, um, so the bit that's not moving, straight off the back, landed on my back, and there was one guy in the gym, and I'm trying to start trying to do sit-ups, but Abs. my back's that <laughs> fucked, and I'm that dying that it's, um, yeah, I couldn't even do the setup. So You know, you know when you're on the on the uh, treadmill, are you literally shouting, that's Mr. Gilmore's jacket, as you're running? No, I, I was literally crying into my hands <laughs> with wondering why I was on dance floor at half five in the yeah. morning. This conference is half five now, is it? Could be worse. Could be Prince Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get into the Champions Cup action shortly, but we'll get a guest on the line first. Uh, we're joined by former England's national and current pop sensation Ben Foden. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. I don't know about the pop sensation. Just hold uh, me while yeah, you good. wait. I yeah, wish exactly the never it up. I wish you were good enough, Jim, but we weren't, sadly. Mate, I thought you were good, actually. I really enjoyed it. I'll tell you what I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy the one last week where... You took your tops off, and I've had to ri- literally rip the plug out of the wall because the missus said, That's- "Oh Jesus," and she's not religious. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's things, mate? Go on, set the scene. Where are you? I'm in Soho House at the moment. Oh, yeah, cool, sure. Tommy Evans. He's had a couple of days on the on the source, so uh, we're just drowning our sorrows at the moment, feeling very sorry for ourselves. Hard done by, but all good things must come to an end, as they say. Mate, it should. We should say we should say well done, and we can get into it a little bit. But just talk us how. What uh, Tristar was formed. Tristar. Uh, Tristar. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I have got it, I, and I have watched all of them uh, apart from that one you where, you, where you had your shirts off. Just talk to us about how that was formed, <laughs> please, and how the makeup right, of band, how, okay. how you and Tom basically became the backing singers to Levi. Oh, Levi. oh wow! You're on the Louis train. I'll send yeah. Tom on you as well. He'll shoot you down as well. Um, basically, I heard that they were doing this format of the show, so I got my agent to sort of like inquire about it, see whether they're doing it. They were. I was in New York at the time as well, so I did like a, uh, a video call with all the producers, sat down with them, and they were like, listen, we're interested in having you on your own, but we prefer you to be in a band. And I was sort of like, well, to be honest, I'm not the greatest singer in the world, so to be in a band would be perfect for me. So they suggested, would I would I know any people who'd be interested? I threw a few names in there, knew Tommy Evans would 100% be on board. I tried to throw in Danny Kerr as well, but I thought he might be the World Cup and had things to do, so he might not be able to do it. So Tommy jumped in, and they, they found Levi, to be fair, because they'd heard that he's a, a good singer, and we met up in London, had a little sing-song together, and obviously Levi's class, so we were like, yeah, he's a decision, he's in the band, and TriStar was formed. So just setting the scene now, obviously, for our millions of listeners who, of course, they've all watched Celebrity X Factor, um, but you got voted <laughs> out the weekend, and um, yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. You've gone through uh, quite a few weeks, judges' houses, and you performed live week after week after week, going back to the World Cup when we did some work together. Um, 
as Jim said, you got your tops off and you had to run over as fast as you could to turn the TV off. I reckon you got booted out this week because you didn't get your tops off. I know. I did say to Levi, maybe take your trousers off this week. Oh, just to sort of cement at home. But <laughs> do you know what? We went out and I honestly think we did like the best performance we possibly could have done. with it. We did The Greatest Showman. Everyone loves it, mate. Yeah, exactly. We loved it. And then we've had Lewis Capaldi's Hold Me Up While You Wait in the bag for like, like when we went out to LA. You're supposed to have two songs when we went out there because No Diggity went down so well. They didn't want to hear our second song. So we've had that for ages. And personally, I've never sang it as well as I did then. I don't know who that dude was singing it, but I was surprised that he, he could hold a tune. And Levi smashed it. And so we went on a massive high. I was like delighted. And there was, I don't think it's any mean feat. We came fifth in the X Factor, which is pretty cool. I'll put that on the CV next time I'm dropping into any of the rugby clubs. And, and take your top off as well, mate. You're always winning. Exactly. <laughs> Not next to Tommy Evans, mate. You've seen that guy. No, no don't, mate. No, don't. I, I just yeah. said to my wife, he's on steroids. That's why I said that. I said that's why he's so <laughs> oh, ripped. Honestly, he is absolutely shredded. After the show, we were all looking at our Instagrams thinking we were all going to go uploads. And then Tom Evans went up like 8,000 extra people compared to me and Levi. We were like, what the hell's going on? He took the gym a bit more. Well, mate, that's because he's getting engaged in the cold sh- shirt singer. So that's what I know. Want. Jesus, that's a hell of a scalp, isn't it? We'll probably come I on. I mean, to- that's, that's, no, that's neither confirmed or denied. Oh, it's oh, a hell of a scalp. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, dude, like she is like 99.99999%. I mean, obviously, Tommy Evans, world-class swordsman as it is, but. He's gone to new highs. Mate. Nicole Scherzinger is an absolute cracker. Well done, Tommy. I can be prouder of him. Mate, I've shared a room with him, <laughs> and I can I can categorically <laughs> tell you that he is a swordsman. Oh t- wow! You know, there's there's Cipriani, there's Tommy Evans. You know, there's those kind of boys, and yeah, they are different level. Quick different question level. on Nicole Scherzinger then. So yeah. she's you know maybe maybe not dating Tom Evans. Yeah, um, we're saying yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean they are. Why the hell does she vote you out then? Is it that that so they can make it official or is that? Because well, I, I said this she to wants Tommy. To himself. I was like, dude, I was like, dude, you're obviously not doing a good enough job because we didn't get through. Um, <laughs> but no, I think obviously it was like a very difficult situation to be in. And to be fair, like, like I remember watching the V5 girls when we were out in LA and they'd met each other for seven days and did a performance that literally was better than any other girl band out there in the market. And we were literally like, Jesus, these girls are good. And you know, Simon Cowell, who's our mentor, he picked them over us. You know, they're ready made. I think they know there's a big future from them. Foes, I don't think they're better than TLC or Bewitched, I'll be honest with you, mate. But um, Yeah, well, well Bewitched, uh, you know, I think it's just Bewitched had the bangers, didn't they? <laughs> hey, hey, little boy, come down from your tree. Hey, Because you want to. Because you want to. Why you got to play that? Oh, no, that's, um, what's her name? That's Billy Piper. Billy. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, same era. Hey, so mate, you know your music then. So, uh, obviously, as as the band has, has left the competition now, you and yeah. Tom are living the high life in London. Have you sent Levi back to Bath to do a bit of uh, fitness, Honestly, game, fitness he, games and weights on a Monday or what? He missed his train yesterday and he's at the train station this morning trying to get a train back in time. So I think he's going to be in a bit of trouble. So he's missed, missed day one of training. But um, yeah, he's straight back to it. Then he's straight back to the grind. And obviously they've got a few injuries as well, I think. Like, imagine Bath, that. So. The, the star- and they're not, they're not flying very high at the moment either. So they need him. I was going to say the stardom of Celebrity X Factor down to 15th choice winger back at Bath. I mean, I can- Highs and lows, mate, of rugby union. And like he had his own apartment in Vauxhall in the embassy, you know, five star, and then he's back to, you know, living with three other rugby lads in the middle of Bath somewhere. So yeah, it's going to be a, a shock to the system. But to be fair to Levi, he is one of the most chilled out persons you'll ever meet. Like he just, everything just takes everything in his stride. It's like, yeah, it's natural. Like I'll just, yeah, just go and sing a song. He was such a nightmare to work with because he, he always forgot his words, didn't bother learning the dance routines. And then on the night, he'd be like, yeah, it'd be fine. So me and Tom were always like panicking, thinking Levi was going to, mess up but then every time nailed it every time just like one of those guys you're like oh jesus you're dipped in 
gold. So we call it gold. Yeah, dipped in gold. Yeah, gold. Yeah. And he's absolutely shredding. I hate him. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a couple of the other people on there. So Vinnie Jones was on there as well. Legend, absolutely legend of a dude. Like, he's an awesome footballer, but like he's, he's my legend because probably one of the first like English sportsmen to transition from like doing a sport to, to like acting or whatever. Plus, he's in Locked Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, which is like two of my all-time favourite films. Mate, if he can get in there shouting down the mic, mate, I can get on there next year. Is there one next oh, year or not? The, well, hopefully there will be. Mate, Why, do you want to be in a band? We can add another one. As long as I don't need to take my shirt off, mate, that's all right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got a year to get ready. Hey, as we're talking about showbiz and your life is complete contrast now, you spoke about LA, New York. <laughs> I, I don't imagine you missing um, Newcastle away. I mean, it's a great place to play on a Friday night. But, um, <laughs> there's another player, actually, um, on an IT. TV show, Mr. Haskell. Have you been following I him? I know. I have been watching it, yeah. And actually, I've just got a, an email through saying, well, I go on Extra Camp and talk about him. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to jump on a phone call and slag him off, see if I can get him voted off the show. You know, Haskell, I don't want his ego to get too big, so I'm worried about him. But to be fair to him, he's doing really well. I think he's coming across really well. well he's, I've been he's, voted him camp leader already. I'm like, what the hell's going on with that? Yeah, he's had more bollocks in his mouth, hasn't he, I think, as well. That's uh, right. one of his favourite <laughs> things. But, and what's next yeah. then? Tell us what's next then for Tricast? Tricast? Tricast. 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 What is next for Tristar? Are you carrying yeah, on well, singing? you going solo? I think so. I think we'll try and do stuff. And just We've, we've had like offers in to do a few uh, PA gigs and stuff. You know, go to clubs, sing two songs and just sort of like have fun and take some photographs and supposedly we're one of the only groups who've come off the show who've got that offered so I don't know yeah maybe we'll do a bit of that and just see what's around um, obviously you know, Psycho have this when you go into this sort of competition you have to sign all these contracts with Psycho and they have first dibs on you as well so we'll just see what comes comes at the end of it and you know, I'm mad keen to keep it going I thought it was, you know, we loved it it was great fun nothing better than going on stage and, and, and doing a bit of a sing song Mate, let's talk to us about married life they talk about love at first sight uh, what about getting married at first sight how's that going? <laughs> Um, yeah, crazy. I, I get asked to explain it all the time and I, and I can't really because obviously I met Jackie, she sort of took my breath away and three weeks later I married the girl and uh, been happy since. Did you sing to her, take my breath away? Every Sorry. night before oh, we yes. go to bed. Yeah. Every night before we go to bed. <laughs> Mate, when you go into these clubs now, these PAs, you've got, you just got yeah. to remember, Jackie's a lovely girl. You're, you're happily I'll married. I take it with me. Take yeah. it with me. Wise she, man. She's, she's She's the business. She's the business mind. She's the one who's you know char- overcharging, making sure all our our quotas are met, and make sure that the changing rooms are full of like drink and all the stuff. Riders that we've we've, we've put out, you know, red M and M's and all that sort of Guinness, stuff. So mate, Guinness, mate, Guinness, 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 just get Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. Yeah, of course, Guinness. Yeah, obviously, first first and foremost, Guinness. It's waiting for us cold, freshly born. Uh, so, Fodes, we've spoken about our lifestyle in the showbiz world. Let's talk about Goody's line of work, rugby. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was obviously out in New York with you not so long ago and saw the growth of the game out there. How how is it all going up? Bastro's rocked up now. I'm, I'm, I've heard he's yeah. looking lean, mean, and he's basically going to run up, run over every, every single bin man that's in his <laughs> way. But just talk to us a little bit about that and your experiences there. I've loved it. Like honestly, the the most surprising thing for me over there was actually the quality of players. Like I was really impressed with the guys in training and, and their appetite to like learn and get better. You know, one thing they've sorted out this year for New York is our training facilities. No longer do we have to get on the mental bus that you went on, Jim. We've all moved to Staten Island, uh, teamed up with a university, so our facilities now are top rate. We've got an awesome gym, indoor facilities, obviously a pitch to train on, and then also a gym there as well. So it's all in one area. We've changed where we're going to play. We're not playing at Coney Island anymore. They're going to move the games around the city using the universities and the small all the stadiums and stuff which is good which means that I think that it'll spread the word of the game a little bit more so it's looking good yeah obviously Simon uh, Bastereau 
seen that Mar Nonu signed for uh, San Diego as well. So a few other big names coming across. We're going to get to work in the next, I think our preseason starts in the next couple of mo- weeks, which uh, I'll probably sit out, probably join them in January. Uh, just pull, pull the celebrity card. Right, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and it's going to be a, a good year. You know, obviously we got to the semi-finals last year, uh, but we're we're looking to go one more. And um, yeah, excited to get back out there and get into it. So how, how are you going to go from the highs of performing in front of millions on TV to trying to do tackling practice one-on-ones with Matthew Bastero? And are you going to be picking out him to be your one-on-one tackle technique, mate? <laughs> my, my my role is coaching and playing. So when the you know when the tackling contest comes out, I go to coach mode. When they do the touch games and all that thing, then I'll start being a player again. So I just like to step in and out, tip my toe in. And plus, I want to wrap Bastro in cotton wool. I don't want him injured, you know. Oh, all these mate. boys who've got a grudge against him, thinking oh, I want to—they want to tell all their friends that they tackled Matthew Bastro. So, yeah. To be fair, he won't be training. He'll just be getting bigger and bigger, won't he? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he'll be drinking uh, red wine and eating cheese. Uh, Foes, just um, lastly before you go, um, can you give us a, a little bit of a rendition of your favourite song? From I, the, from, I cannot. You have to pay for that now, Jim. Now oh, mate, oh, mate Foes, I gave you loads I'm of work during the World Cup as well. I gave you loads of work. I, during, I, listen, just a couple of One song for free. <laughs> I gave you one song for free, Goody. That is all you get, brother. Mate, I lied to you boys at Tryline. I really did. Tryline. By the moon and the stars <laughs> in the sky. In the sky. In the sky. Jim. Oh, Jesus. Jim and Goody can sing. Both of you. You are going to be on next actor next year. Mate, mate. A little duo. Robson and Jerome. I'll have to lose 15 kilos at least. <laughs> it's fine. The bigger gents do well, mate. Don't worry about it. Ben, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Best no of luck problem, uh, for that Christmas number one. I'm sure you're gunning for that. And, oh, uh, and charity single, charity singles coming out, run <laughs> by Leona Lewis or Snow Patrol or one of those. Thanks, mate. No problem. Cheers, 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 cheers mate. Take care, guys. Top lad, top lad. He's living the high, isn't he? So he's, you know, he's been on Celebrity X Factor. I did some work with him in the World Cup. A couple of things with Guinness that I took him to, and he's like, I just, you know, I just can't do public transport anymore. I just get recognised so much. And he's, he's proper big time. And you can see he's buzzing off life, isn't he? He's just got married. You know, he's done a, an amazing show that uh, has raised his profile beyond belief. And they were good. They were really good. Just got a feel for Levi, though. <laughs> Back to bars, pissing down the rain. Get out there, son. Collect the cones. Make some tackles. And by the way, uh, you're playing A-team on Monday night as well. <laughs> While his fellow swordsman, Tom Evans, is spooning Nicole Schertzinger. <laughs> yeah. When I looked at them lads, I felt inferior. I really did. And that don't happen a lot. It really don't. The TV, it was in HD, and I've never moved across from the sofa to the plug socket and ripped the plug out the wall. Mm. <laughs> didn't, even sw- didn't even switch it off. Power oh, cut dear. back. Power cut. <laughs> and then she whips the phone out and gets it on the app and has another <laughs> good, good look. So, uh, yeah. Should we ever talk about some rugby now? Yeah, why not? Probably should. Were there any surprises for you guys in round two of the Champions Cup? Or oh, let's, all goals as mm, expected for you? Well, there's a few surprises. And uh, it depends which way you look at surprises, really. So, first game on Friday night, Ulster against Claremont. You weren't surprised, were oh, you? No, I wasn't surprised that Ulster won. I was surprised how well Clement played last week and how average they were this week. And you can say, oh, it's French, it's an away team. But there was only five Frenchmen in the starting team. But tell um, me where you've not seen a French team, all right, to lose this year against Gloucester, but notoriously, I mean, I'm eating my words here, Rassin, <laughs> didn't write in Munster. Yep. Yeah, so maybe it's changed. Clement, tell me where you've seen a performance from away from home recently. Um, oh no, I, I I can't think of one. But my point was, they only had five Frenchmen in the team. One of them was Alavaretti Racker, who's a Fijian on the wing, by the way. And JP Dool, fair play to him having a, a proper good go at French. I'm like, it's a bit wasted because there's only five of them that are French. But yeah, I mean, listen, Ulster. I mean, that, that, that's the place to start. At home, they've obviously got a record now. They're not lost for there in, is it 14 months or something? They've been phenomenal. Uh, Cooney! What a legend. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised 
you know, with the changeover at Ireland, with Farrell now being at the helm. He was there, wasn't he? And, you know, Cooney's been good, really, really good. He's been brilliant for the last year. And, you know, I'm not saying that Connemore is over it. He isn't. But maybe Ireland might look to do something a little bit different. Cooney just offers something different, mm. doesn't he? Lid is on point every single week. Yeah. Um, and that try was, was sensational. Well, a little break down the, the sideline, chips over Racker, and then gasses him as well. Footballing skills. Racker's proper rapid as well. It's hard on the turn though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you know? <laughs> it looks hard on the turn, I should <laughs> no, say. But yeah, Cooney was unbelievable. Um, also a physical. Geordie Murphy played exceptionally, exceptionally well. Kutsia. Uh, Kutsia played really well. Reedy as well, at, you know, on the, the other side of the flank was huge. The physicality. And you compare two performances. Claremont last week, when Paselli, Arto and Racker and those boys and Fritz Lee last week against Quinns, it looked like men against boys. No, just Quinns. Romp, romping through tackles. This week, the boys belted them. And it was a wet Friday night in Belfast. And, you know, I'm looking forward. To, I'm actually doing comms for round three, Ulster against Quinns. Um, and I've never, one of the stadiums I've never been to in my whole career, the Kingspan really? slash Ravenhill. Yeah, never played there. Brilliant. Never, never went there. Um, so I can't wait. And I'm going to go searching for Titty Von Tramp for Jim as well. So that should be good in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. How did Hoggy go against Glasgow? They played well, didn't they? A bit of a scrappy game, yeah. wasn't it? Well, I mean, Glasgow, first half was a bit... Well, Glasgow were winning, weren't they? Yeah, they were in the mix. Um, and then they just disappeared in the second half. Jack yeah. Noll makes a, a wonderful break. Slade put a lovely kick through for O'Flaherty. And, and Exeter, the only team in the comp now, play 2-1-2 with bonus points. So all this talk about could this be their year and everyone gets excited about different teams at, at you know different times. But Exeter now in complete control of that group and you're looking at, uh, them as you know, definite group winners from that. Now they go back to back now against Sale. Extra do. Um, I think round three for Extra is up at Sale. But yeah, they look they look good, don't they? They look really good in in Europe. Um, Noel's back. Slade back on form. Um, really impressive. And um, you know, Glasgow had some injuries. What about Hepburn's face, mate? <laughs> the amount of blood he's lost yeah. over the last two weeks. Uh, nose splattered across his face. He's got a cut on his head as well. Mm. Um, yeah, no, Glasgow did start well, to be fair to him. Seymour makes a lovely break first half and feed Grigg on the inside for the try. But then second half, they just went, see ya. Um, Simmons has scored, I think, 456 kicks on the spin for Exeter. How many? A ridiculous amount. He's not missed a kick since May. Oh, you got me there. I thought I generally thought it, it was yeah. I was I was nearly asleep listening to you. It was just like mate, I was just caught napping. But he was yeah. He you know to to do that as a kicker. And I was watching some of his kicks. Exeter's probably the toughest ground in the Premiership to kick out. The wind. It's a windy stadium, and he's not missed a kick since May. You know when you look at Simmons. Yeah. I don't know if you have the same thing. I think I'm going to say yes. Can he grow a beard? Oh, I wasn't thinking that. No. What were you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? Um, he's got a big old toilet on him for a ten. Has he? Yeah. I just look at his face, Power I'm like, it. some people can't grow a beard. I'm like, you are a man who can't grow a beard. I mean, I'm not looking where the kick's going from. I'm just thinking, mate, can you grow a beard? Well, he can He, he can try and grow a beard, but he can certainly kick goals. Okay. Sam Simmons, his brother, was outstanding as well. He's got to be in the Six Nations squad. Dan Bigger showed that he can do more than kick goals, didn't he, as well? Yes, he did. And Benetton Treviso, tough place to go now. They are not the whooping boys of rugby or European rugby. They've been showing up in the Pro 14. Went over there, spent a week with their team. Kieran Crowley, the coach. Bortolami is involved in that setup there. But you know what? We spoke about Northampton. There's a complete change 
uh, over the last couple of seasons with Chris Boyd. Premiership last year, very good. Made top four this year. They've been excellent. Some good young players coming through. We've mentioned Grayson, Furbank, uh, just to name two of them. They thought Furbank was a difference actually off the bench. Mate. A couple of breaks, mm. did really well. Uh, created a try for Collins. Uh, and they've got some good young players there and they've got class in bigger and Naya Vavaro Vavaro Naya Vavaro him yeah Naya Vavaro Naya Vavaro as well but yeah I mean big kick get it yes, yes. Um, and Northampton are in there like swimwear because you've got to win away from home Bowels of Steel to win that and it's actually good refereeing we don't talk about refs very often Mike Adamson I think he's Scottish Jim Uh, anyway so last play of the game Northampton chucking it round and it's all square 32 all bit of a break bigger pumps then throws a ball then it gets sort of flicked on passed on and uh, Ratuva now I've watched my ruggers this weekend because you know when you've been out on a big Thursday night you don't want to come out over the weekend you just want to watch ruggers Uh, Ratuva knocks the ball down in the tackle straight away the ref gives a knock on a lot of refs then would just say knock on and then think, knowing it's time, up blow his whistle. He's like, no, I'm going to check that. And he gave it a deliberate knockdown, penalty, and then bowels of steel. Bigger roo. Bigger roo, bigger bollocks. Bigger nudges it over. Northampton win. Jim, you were at Series for their first game at home since the salary cap scandal broke, S- weren't you? At salary Suns, yeah, he was. Yes, I was, yeah. How was that? Um, comfortable. <laughs> I mean, I, I was home. Um, yeah, I was there pitch side for Channel 4, which was quite nice against Ospreys and... How bad? What, the game? Ospreys. Ospreys, mate. I mean, it's really tough on Ospreys. They've got a load of injuries. Uh, I was at pitch side with Gareth Anscombe. Lovely bloke. Good looking bloke as yeah, well. He is, yeah. yeah, he is. He's got good it all player as well. Yeah, very good player. A pip as well, though. It hung like a squirrel. I don't know. Yeah, I the Welsh boys said that. Oh, really? Alex Cuthbert told me that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Um, Alan Wynne-Jones obviously not playing. Um, Tipperick weren't there. North weren't there. Lydia's not there as well. I mean, you talk about injuries. You don't want to make excuses. Saracen's first half, a little bit tentative. Uh, loads of errors early on. Yeah, second half, they were loads better. but And they look more like, you know, forget what's gone. Let's look, let, let's look forward and the kind of level of performances that they're looking for. They look back to them, <laughs> their old selves. Oh, go, go, go on. You can't say they look back to their old selves. Well, you can actually because they're star player. Was someone else that was bought in this year? Um, with Elliot the, Daly. Well, there you go. And I you, was about to come on to there it. There you go. Are you a friend of his now? Are you a fan of his? Because when he played for Wasps, you were very rude and abusive about him. That game at the weekend yeah. is the best I've seen Elliot Daly play in a club jersey for two years. So it just shows there you go. how happy he is in an environment that he clearly loves. Hey, when you've got some investments, that's why. Well, that's why. Okay. That's what happens. I don't know. There. I don't know. Apparently, everything's fine this year, no, no, and no. it's all it's all kosher. Do you think that Saracens are going to be able to compete on two fronts? I, what I think Saracens will do is I think they'll go full noise for the rest of the Prem now. I think Owen and Marrow will come back and potentially Billy against Bath this week. and Friday neat. Friday night under the lights. Bath's a tough place to go and play for Saracens. And, you know, I think if they can win another couple in Europe, then once they get to the knockout stages, which is later in the year, They'll have a better idea where they are in the premiership, you know, whether they're going to stay up, which is ultimately the big question. And if it looks like they are, then there's a good chance they can win Europe. Well, I think the big thing for Saracens now is, um, and they are, they have been for years gone by when they've clearly broken the salary cap. Um, they have been meticulous in their planning with players' rest periods and everything like that and holidays away. They've got to do that again this year because there's only a certain amount of games that Farrell, Vunipola, Itoji, Jamie George, certain amount of games that they can play and the the balance of what constitutes a game these EPS players can only play a certain amount of games I, I think the big one is their round three game Munster away 
Um, if they win that, and depending on what team they pick there, then they're bang in the mix, aren't they, uh, to still qualify. And Brad Barrett's talked about it. He, he, he's openly said, I mean, what a difference he makes when he's in the team. Yeah, I didn't even mention um, it. You know, an absolute leader, you know, a very humble guy, hardworking. Everything they want to be known for is all about Brad Barrett. He, you know, he's a wonderful guy that's, you know, plays at the coalface and tackles with his coalface. And he's, you know, he's someone that said that they can still defend Europe, uh, but it's going to be a balance for for Mark McCall and, and the coaches to plot and plan who's going to play where and how because as I think Mark McCall said he'd expect those boys to play for England as well during the Six Nations so you know I'm sure they can stay up and I'm sure they can get to a quarterfinals but it's going to take meticulous planning and understanding of you know what constitutes a game how many games they can be involved or playing and that's detail that perhaps we don't know fully all about. Well, ultimately, they need to win Europe, don't they, to be in the Champions Cup next year. So I think that that's going to be the big driver. We will see. Jack Davies has tweeted us, after two rounds of the Champions Cup, who do you see making the semi-finals and who are your top performers so far after the first two rounds? Oh, Russin looked good. Um, I know they only drew at the weekend, but some of their big players, and I talk about big players, I'm talking about Finn Russell. Um, Ridiculous. I mean, where where has he got this form from? Absolute Megs. Can you imagine being being Rory Scannell? Everyone will be trying to Meg him every day of his life now for the rest of his playing days. It's phenomenal skill, that. And Austin said on BT Sport, oh no, I think it was a fluke. What are you on about? Finn Russell, he's a magician. He is a magician. You know, he He'll can, like that. He'll like you saying that, mate. He's, I've got a lot of time and respect for Finn Russell. It's just a shame he's Scottish, really. Otherwise, he'd be the, the, the world's best player. But yeah, he was he was phenomenal. You know, he makes the break as well for uh, Imos Try. They, they look really good, don't they? The sad thing is Nakarawa's going to sail, I think, from what you hear. How? How can they sign him? Well, I think he's getting sacked by Racing from what you hear about. And are you saying salary cap? Or? No, I'm just asking oh, the I question. Just, yeah, Why? Yeah, what are you yeah. saying? No, I'm not saying anything. No, I'm just asking. But yeah, Racing look really good. Finn's a, Finn's a legend, isn't he? He's a front foot player as well. Yeah. You look at that Racing team. You look at them last week against Saracens. I know it was Saracens, you know, potential second string team, but completely dispatched them in all areas. You know, Vakatar. And you need world-class players and, and players that can create something out of nothing. Like we mentioned Yato at Clermont. I think you look at Racing, they've got a, a few players across the board, awesome line out, very good scrum, very well coached. It's about momentum. So I think getting a draw at Munster uh, against a, a well up for it Munster team, I, I wouldn't look past Racing. Munster were phenomenal the way they came back and they should have won it really. So JJ Hanrahan, they scored the try. JJ Hanrahan sets up Conway's try in the corner, lovely seed over the top, then slots the conversion to level it from the touchline. Then he's got a really easy drop goal to win it straight in front of the sticks. And I thought they messed around with it a bit, didn't you? But hey-ho. So, yeah, I mean, your top teams at the minute, you've got Rassing are going to be a threat. To lose. Um, But then in that group, you've still got Saracens and, and Monster going well. So you don't know how many teams are going to come out of there. Obviously, Toulouse are two from two. They look like they're going to be strong now in that group. Leinster went Leinster, away at Lyon. Yeah, Leinster two from two. Exeter two from two. So you'd say they're probably your four favourite. Well, depends which one you pick out of Racing, Monster and, and Saracens. But Toulouse will win it with their group. And home court finals count for a huge amount, don't they? Yeah. Um, Exeter look like they're going to be in control of their group now, as do Leinster. So, yeah, those three plus a another. So Johan Ackermann's admitted that uh, Gloss will be focusing on the premiership now, but they put up a pretty good fight against Montpellier, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Should have, could have, would have won for Gloucester. Uh, Montpellier aren't going that well, really, to be fair. Um, got a player sent off, Jacques Duplessis, for an elbow um, on, I don't know if they're mates, maybe they're not, on Grobler, the second row in a line-out more. And you're thinking Gloucester then, 
have got a real opportunity because you lose two games back to back, like Johan Ackerman said. You know, the same as as uh, Alan Clark said after the Ospreys game. You, you're effectively out, aren't you? And you've got to put all your eggs into another basket. Which for Gloucester is the Premiership. I just think that their performances just haven't been up to where they were last year. I tell you, Nick, you need to give a special shout out for the young lad on the wing, Louis Rees Samet. Have you seen him? Wheels. How fast is he? He looks about twelve. Well, he's eighteen. He's not far off. <laughs> you can make as much of a muchness then, really. Um, like he's brilliant, but it's a shame for Gloucester because I, I thought they might have done something when I when I looked at their pool. I thought they might have got a, a win against Toulouse at home. I thought Montpellier was a team that they could have, could have potentially um, gone and won at. Oh, I actually think they're you know now they've lost that game, and he, I know Johan Ackerman has come out and said it, but with the selection going into the Montpellier game, rested Cipriani, rested Ackerman, his son, rested. Ben Morgan. These are key players for them. Rested Joe Simpson. They're all definite first choice starters. I think he's just going to go gung-ho now and try and win the Premiership. And he said that now, but I think there was a bit of that before the game as well. And the way they played in the first half, I'm watching it going, don't be scared, just boot it sometimes. You know, they're trying to run everything from their own try line, which is fine when it works and it's on. And, you know, if you have a go once and you drop the ball and you're getting absolutely hosed, Fraser Balmain getting schooled in the scrums and then it happens again knock on happens again knock on probably the fourth time you've got to think let's fucking welly it down the field and, and give it to Nadolo and try and tackle him instead but they did come back into it the, the the red card helped but this is now one of my issues with the Champions Cup yeah mine too I know what you're going to say because it, Ackerman two games in he said now Gloucester we're just going to focus on the Premiership so if you're in that group you know the back-to-back games that Gloucester have got now are against Connacht, Connacht yeah they could still they could beat Connacht twice with five points each game, and it could be a different picture. But my issue now with the Champions Cup is because it's twenty teams, you've got five groups, and you've got three best runners up. I think there's too many teams in there. I think you should have four groups of four, and then have obviously the eight qualifiers a first and second spot. Because a lot of the teams now, you look across the groups, you've got Gloucester, La Rochelle, Bath, Leon, Benetton, and Ospreys. They've all played two, lost two. They're all going to not show their strong hand and not pick their first teams. I'm not saying not try and win games, but they're going to be focused elsewhere. So that then gives an advantage to the other teams that they're playing against. So does it devalue it a little bit? Why don't they just go a 16-team Champions Cup? That's what I'm thinking. It needs reinvigorating. So that if you lose your first two games, you can still qualify as best runner-up in your group by going gung-ho for four games. And you won't then see second and third teams being picked for it, which we're going to see now. I 100% agree with you. like Because the rest of them now become dead rubbers, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at, you look at yeah, like the Saris Ospreys pool. So Ospreys are now not that they could could compete before, but they're just not going to compete, are they? Well, Racing like, going to beat them twice. That's what I mean. So if, if Ospreys were, were in in with a chance there, you know, you think potentially at home they'd stand a chance against Racing. Who knows? They might still do. They might be so French turn up, but I doubt it. You know what I mean? They're just not going to be able to, and I think it just devalues it a little bit. You know, you've got Leon as well, top um, of the top fourteen, by the way. You know, they're going to go to Leinster. So we now know that Leinster are going to win that game comfortably against the team at the top of the top fourteen. So yeah, I'm with you. But you look at you could go five from it, and people talk about oh, how do you then pick the teams that are going to be in it? Just go five from each league, and the Challenge Cup winner. So it makes the Challenge Cup a purposeful tournament, and then you've got five from each league you know, the top five in each league and it makes it a stronger, I think. I then think less is more and it makes it a stronger competition, maybe. Is there any other games you think we should quickly cover up? Well, I think we should pick the eyes out of the Sale and La Rochelle game. Oh, good one. Pick the eyes out of it. I've been waiting to say that all weekend. That's your uh, line that you've thought of. Yeah, so, I mean, that was horrid. Obviously, the, the gouge. Uh, we should talk about Sale, actually. What's he thinking? Yeah. I He's French. The, well, what, what does that got to do with it? Because where was the four set? 
invented the like foreskin gouge. the what the foreskin and the, the fore- fore- it's called la forset was the foreskin actually he had invented. his foreskin out right, as well. let me just, i'm gonna google this foreskin but, where was it invented right there this is the thing you talk about the foreskin is the fold of skin that covers the glands james what, what's the gland your helmet anyway sorry you just said foreskin Weird. it's forset la forset let's call it foreskin yeah and he was a foreskin for doing it but uh what how many cameras reckon at a game now Matt, i've done some stupid things in my career in my, in my life. Um, Thursday night. What? <laughs> what do you know? Um, what are you doing, mate? I, 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 it is uncomprehendable why you would do that. And on comms, they said it was as bad as Farham Heenas. Un- uncomprehendable? Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> There's another one. You ain't thought about that word, have no, you? No, I haven't, no. I am tired. Incomprehensible. In comms, they mentioned Farham Heena. I've always said it. There's a few no-nos. Gouging, for me, is top of the tree then biting, then spitting. They're the three things for me. Don't mind a grab of the testicle as long Ooh, as it's not hard. No. As long as it's not hard. <laughs> Why are you grabbing testicles unless it's hard? Well, that's Marla. Yeah. So they're the three things that I would say are an absolute no-go. And I'm sure a lot of guys and women are with me. I don't know. It's just, especially now, unfortunately, you know, Forskin's going to go down as a gouger because... His name's, his name's Bulgarit. Oh, is it? Yeah, not foreskin. Oh, what, what am I called? Why am I calling him foreskin? How do we get La Forset is oh. called the gouge in French. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought his name was foreskin. No, no, no. Borgerit, his name is, or Borgerit. Oh, mate. Well, uh, Borgerit, we should call him then, because, <laughs> I, yeah, look, you don't want to go too hard on him, but, mate, you can't put your fingers in people's eyes. Mm. Like, you don't want to go too hard on him. What a clown. Yeah, well, that, well, you can't go too hard on his name. He's actually a damn good player. He's a big ball carrier. He's obviously the classic French player where a bit hot-headed. Well, it's ridiculous, to it? Did he say anything after the game? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know but know. He, he walks off as he's been red-carded, walks down the tunnel and punches the biggest door. I reckon he's broken his hand punching this door. Proper big security door. Oh, he's well, hard, mate. Hang on. And he's, he's banged it. I reckon he's broken his hand as well. So, so, um, so Ron uh, O'Gara will be well happy then, yeah? Well, well this is the thing. So they've got O'Gara and John O'Gibbs as their coaches. They must be pulling their hair out because... Dumeru has gone and stamped on someone. Sinzel thinks he's the referee. I mean, the French boys properly lost their heads. And, you know, you have games when you think you're being hard done by, but um, so French by He did go and apologise afterwards, though, didn't he? Oh, yeah, sorry, mate. I tried to rip your eyeball out. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Hindsight's <laughs> a great thing. I've just been on my phone in social media. It's going absolutely berserk in there. I'm sorry for, for, for pulling your eye out. Yeah, ridiculous. Another talking point from the game, and the social media has given us the debate to talk about was Chris Ashton's non-try and Faf de Klerk mate what are you doing what, how, how are you offside there anyway Ashley goes under the sticks does his shit splash the thing that he does they take the conversion and then they go back um, and have a look at it and it's ruled out and there's a bit of interaction yeah so Huey MCR on Twitter has tweeted us was the ref wrong in disallowing Ashton's try in the sale game after the conversion had already been taken I wasn't sure I mean Goody will know the rules all I'm saying is rules is rules but also if you listen to what Brace said Andrew Brace. what Andrew Brace said on the ref mic is that the TMO was already checking it apparently before the kick was taken which I didn't hear I didn't hear him say that. And normally you can pick up the ref mic through the TV. Yeah, you don't necessarily hear everything from the TMO. But the bottom line is, the pass was about five yards forward. And we've all, and Jim, I think Jim, you've had this issue on the pod before, haven't you? There's nothing worse, I reckon, than when you've got a TMO and you see a team going for a drop goal conversion, or I know they didn't go for a drop goal conversion, it was off the tee, but you're rushing the conversion because you know the try might not or might not be scored. Rugby is supposedly a game of integrity. So 
do you want to be given a try that you know is a five-yard pass forward when everyone in the stadium can see that on the big screen? And I think Andrew Brace was dead right. Even if you know, it's a law that we, I think we've spoken about it on here before, needs changing. The power of the TMO, if we're going to use him, if you've taken the conversion and you're going back and you've t- rushed it through a conversion, the, the TMO should be able to say, hold on, stop a minute. He was, I think he was having a cup of tea and a, maybe a, a Galois outside and just thinking, oh God, oh, I better just check this one quickly. But the right decision was made and that's the bottom line of it. It was never a try. It was about five yards forward. And although rules is rules, those rules is rules need changing. So the Premiership returns this week, uh, just for one week only, before rounds three and four of Europe. Any games in particular that you guys are looking forward to? Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to them all, to be honest. But that first game will be Friday night, Bath Saracens. Yeah, we might see some of the England big dogs playing. First Premiership game where they're sitting bottom of the table. Uh, it should be a humdinger, actually. Northampton, Leicester. It used to be massive. Though, I, was, I was literally about to say, that used to be a derby. Not so much. I mean, who knows? All I know is what's going to Exeter. Keep it under 50, lads. <laughs> Bristol Bearbacks, they're playing London Irish, but the story is they're top of the league. So they're playing London Irish at home. They're in the Challenge Cup. They beat Breve away. Nailed Breve at home, actually. And I know French teams don't necessarily care about the Challenge Cup, but um, it will just emphasise that they'll be top of the table still. How big's Pat Lamb been for them? Because it's been a news in New Zealand media at the moment, obviously, about the All Blacks coach. Now, he turned it down because he's got his dream job at Bristol at the moment. I don't think he turned it down, did he? He just turned down the invitation to yeah. apply for the job along with every other person in New Zealand. But it's bizarre, isn't it? How, like, so Dave Rennie's obviously gone to Australia. He came out publicly and said that he got approached, but maybe he'd already signed or maybe he'd agreed terms with Australia. Joe Smith, was he in the running? Is he not in the running? Well, Joe Smith's going to maybe be someone else's assistant there's a rumour that yeah yeah mm. Fuzzy. so he never wanted the full time gig because he's not free until like June next year or something like that I think you've also got to remember with that job when they ask how many people I think they, someone said 26, they 26 people yeah. to apply for it if you know you're one of 26 people what are your chances of getting the job you ain't going to just put your hat in the ring if you're Pat Lamb when you've got the job that you've got now he knows the parameters he's not ready for that but they want it's probably the NZRFU saying oh we want to interview as many people as possible but Pat Lamb's got no international coaching experience in recent times. I don't know. I don't think he's got any. Good mates with Scott Robinson, though. Yeah, but again, he's got a head coach's gig down at Bristol with the backing of Steve Lansdowne. He signed a four-year deal on money. And so, Bristol, you know, Bristol are only a year, two years into their bear cage, their story. Like what we've done there. See what I've done? Yeah, you know, yeah, Bristol, bareback. Other big game at the weekend in the Prem that we're talking about, uh, after what Johan Ackerman said, Gloucesters go away to Harlequins's. And that's, you know, when you're saying that and you're saying we're now going to prioritise the Premiership, the form that Gloucester are in, that's a must-win game for them. Rumour Mill, any rumours floating around that? Oh, did I mention George Ford to Bath last week, a couple of weeks ago? I got the wrong team. Bristol's. Yeah, it's Bristol Bears. No, Bristol's. We, we said that. Oh, do we? All right. Yeah, yeah. He wants to go in the cage. All right. Nakarawa, we spoke about him earlier. Leonie Nakarawa to sale oh, how are they getting well in? I think he's getting sacked by uh, Racing 92 although here's the whole thing when you're at a club and Racing could make this really awkward they can hold on to his license and his registration um, unless they're happy with the deal that you know if they sack him then he can just walk away and go to another club but they can still hold his registration so Steve Diamond's probably done himself a disservice by coming out and saying we're talking to Leonie Nakarawa because now Racing could say actually we want some dollar we want some compensation he'll be getting paid a fortune there remember mm. where he came from he came from Glasgow and he was one of the best players in the 
Guinness Pro 14. Mm. Um, everyone wanted him. The only team that could afford him was Racing 92. So Hell of a player, though. Mate, he's brilliant. Reminds he, me of you, actually, Jim. Yeah, very similar characters. Offload, offloading, well. ball playing, second row, hard as foot, quick. Oh, that's a complete lie. He, he's the complete opposite of Jim Hamilton. Met a big one. Carl Sinclair. Bristol's. Ah, they can, how can they afford him? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> why, why are you trying to point the uh, salary sons cap at someone else? I'm not. I'm just saying that um, we know he's out of contract. There was talk of that before the World Cup. He will be looking to get paid. Big time. He'll be looking to get paid. He'll be one of the most sought-after players. Well, I actually heard Carl Sinclair was chatting to Gloucester. Interesting one, Gloucester. They, they've got their checkbook out for their front rowers, haven't they? But yeah. yeah, Carl Sinclair potentially heading to the West Country. Could see him more go into to Bristol's than Gloucester, but who knows? What do we know? What about, uh, we spoke about it last week, actually, the baby rhino, Ellis Genge. Well, he's still at contract loggerheads with uh, Leicester Tigers, isn't he? I think he wants to stay, but we just mentioned Bristol's. He's a Bristol's boy. He is. It's just one to tinker with. So Leicester have got a few out of contract. George Ford we've spoken about previously. I think the only club George Ford could end up at is Bristol's, really. Yeah, what's happened to Manager? It's not our favour, isn't he? They like Sheedy. Yeah. Um, one for Jim. Yeah, go on. One of your... Did you ever... I'm trying to work out you probably didn't ever play with him. Hugh Jones? Yeah. I didn't play with him, no. No, no Good I didn't. Though. Yeah, talking about him going back to South Africa. Mm. Real shame, that. We slipped down the pecking order, hasn't he, since he... Well, since near enough two years ago when um, Scotland won the Calcutta Cup for the first time in fucking God knows how long. He played really well that He day. did, that outside line that everyone remembers. I haven't seen him since. Mate, I know. They, they, we haven't seen him. We have not seen him since. He's, he's been on the bench for Glasgow. A bit of a fall from grace, really. I don't know. He's maybe one of them players that, I don't know, form is everything with him. And uh, it'd be a shame to see him go back to the Stormers. That's where Would that he, stop him he playing played. for Scotland? There's, no, there's no, nothing in Scotland. Yeah, Scotland can take what they can get, don't they? Yeah. Oh, well, why are you being hey. on Hang on. I mean, they, they took a, a washed up English second row that couldn't get into... I was hardly washed up. I was 23 hours in my prime. Oh, okay. Went on to play 11, 12 years with four victories. But anyway, that is old news. Any other rumours floating around? Scott Wise Mantle. They won out. They all won out. What? Why? Because he's wise. Way. Yay. Uh, why do they want out of Eddie's team? Well, I, because they do. I don't know the reasons why. I'm oh, just, you, I, I'm you just watching off, you said off it all unfold. Yeah, you said off how you knew that. I don't even know who the bloke is. Never oh, heard okay. of him. Uh, there's a few left, though, isn't there? Obviously, and that's the big thing. Six Nations around the corner. I think the only coaches that are currently under contract under Eddie Jones are him, obviously, and John Mitchell. Borthwick, there's rumours about him gone. Neil Hatley's already gone to Bath. Hey, maybe there's a job for me and you there, Jim. You fancy line outs, and I'll be the nutritionist. I saw Jim actually training some people in some line outs at the uh, Hambo thing the other night. Yeah, what's that about? No, when we're at dinner and everyone's in black ties, you're trying to get line out and always practicing. Speak to the guy behind the bar who served me. <laughs> His fault. <laughs> it's his fault, mate. <laughs> Speak to him, but I know I've lifted someone that high. They couldn't keep the core on. They folded like a pen knife in half. They're on the floor, so I gave him a shoeing when he was down there. <laughs> <laughs> Should we have a look at some social media oh, questions? Oh, gosh, let's. James Marshall has tweeted in, CBC have invested in the Guinness Pro 14 as well. Now, is that good news or any concerns that they're taking over? Take over. I mean, I am still unsure what the situation is around the CBC stuff, what the game plan is, because... They've done very well in Formula One, and I'm sure they've done very well in a lot of businesses. I'm sure they have very good Christmases every year. But I'm just not sure what they see in rugby and where they see the end game is. 
it's great for the Pro 14. It's great for the Guinness Pro 14 that they've invested. We spoke about last week. It's just how they distribute it. Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously they're taking over a percentage, anything you hear, 27 to around 30% of the premiership as well. There's chat they're trying to get involved in the Six Nations. I think there's a complete takeover coming. Um, there was a huge takeover proposal that came in from Infront Sports uh, to run a lot of rugby. So when they're talking about the World League, uh, the company based out in, in Switzerland last year sometimes so i think cbc and it's interesting you, you, you know you talk about it jim and it's all about tv rights i think uh with them and, and how to monetize man, monetize and manipulate that and now you look at the premiership clubs they've had their money up front where's that gone to each club who knows um and how how it's been distributed and how it's been spent around the club because we spoke about it last year didn't we just about it should be invested not in players wages or players co-investments at saracens but uh in infrastructures and things like that ultimately Revenues come in every year from TV companies, so BT Sport, with uh, the Premiership. And now CBC are taking whatever percentage of that, they're taking the revenue of that out. So clubs are actually going to start to get less and less. And as we heard when the whole Salarisons thing came about, certain people around the Premiership said the game's losing 50 million quid a year across the 12 Premiership clubs. Where's the money? Where is the... Show me the money. It's interesting, but they haven't, you know, they haven't come out and said how they are going to monetize it yet, but they're taking Mark McCafferty from... Premiership Rugby over to CBC, so he'll have ideas. And we sit and wait and ponder what is going to happen. I think they should consolidate. That's what I think. I think at the minute, rugby is just a bit too bitty. I think you've got so many different... You like bitty? Yeah, I do. I do. It is very bitty on Friday morning. I think it's just all jumbled up at the minute uh, in terms of how many games the players can play. Are there too many games? Where can you watch a game? Is it on BT Sport? Is it on Premier Sports? Is it on Sky Sports? Is it on Channel 4? It's just, I think it needs to be streamlined. There's too many games. There's going to be a global season. So at the minute, I know we're still very young in terms of a sport, but I'd love to just to see everything more streamlined, like my good self. Catherine Metcalf has tweeted in, did you see Haskell's passing a pig's testicle to Martin Kemp's son using only their mouths? What's the worst thing you've ever had in your mouth? I did see the one of a pig's testicle going in James's mouth, and I don't think that would have tasted very nice, but it's not the first time there's bollocks coming out of James Haskell's mouth, is there? Why, because he talks... Hey, I mean... So the worst thing I've had in my mouth, well, I think I might have spoken about this maybe a couple of years ago, but good friend of mine, very good friend of mine, Alistair Dickinson, we were doing a scrummaging session for Scotland, pack on pack, I don't know if you remember this, and I'm pushing so hard, hard's probably the wrong word, I'm pushing so, so hard that my front row in front of me goes up, their front row goes up in front, so you've got to think, I'm in the second row, now Alistair Dickinson's a loose head. So I'm on the right-hand side of the scrum. He's on the left-hand side of the scrum. So his second row, who I think he did it on purpose, I think it was Alistair Kellogg on the other side because he would have been on the bench, has pulled Alistair Dickinson's pants down and we have been compressed and my head has come so far through the scrum that his willy was in my was on the top tip of my mouth and I've looked up at him and I couldn't say a word because I didn't want to open my mouth. Very cold. <laughs> very, very cold. Poor skin or? Um, yes, it was long. Uh, I mean, you got to think, it was up in Scotland, it was minus five, it was very small, and we had this moment that felt like three minutes, where I just looked up and Alistair Dickinson's cocktail sausage was pressed against my big rubber lips. Um, <laughs> bush? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I, I I, yeah, it was, because I remember it was, the bush was in my right eye, and in my left eye, I'm looking up at him and... Or I could see, I could see the hooker. I mean, all these terminologies that we're using at the, at the minute just don't, dance, don't sound right. But yeah, ask him. Dicko, he'll tell you. Mm, nice. Dicko as wow. well. Get it? See what I've done there? Yeah, yeah I do, Jim. Yeah, so, cocktail sausage, Dicko, foreskin and hooker all in the same line. Nailed it, mate. Absolutely Smashed it. Nailed it. 
Tom Cross has tweeted in, have you guys got a fit 15? Well, I think I should do the backs and Jim should do the forwards. Yeah, so, I'll uh, throw in a few backs as well. But no, just get, will you start with the forwards, Jim? I just wanted to put Tom Evans in there, the swordsman, though. I don't know if you would have put him in there. Because I've shared a room. I, I generally shared a room with the back, and I think you get a better gauge on someone because you can just, like, everything's in that, isn't it? It's hygiene, it's how they look in the morning, breath, like all these things that kind of give you the, the tick boxes to actually how fit a human being is. Well, we should start from kind of like one in the forwards through to eight and then scrum off through to 15 in the backs. I cannot think of a good-looking lucid. I'm going to have to come back. Dimitri Sarzeski, the hooker. Saw him on the big screen last week. He's come on. Hell of a lid. Just a fine wine, like my good self. Every time I played against him, I thought he was a good look. He was hard as well. He was hard. I like that. That was a, That's a tick thing in my he box. He was hard, wasn't he? So, in my fit box, that would be like a tick. Good lid, tick. Strong jaw, tick. Hard, tick. And smelt good. Generally, like someone who smells good. I'll tell you who smelt really good. Sebastian Chabal, believe it or not. You wouldn't think he would. Caveman. Smelt his lid once. And um, he had older me at the bottom of Rook, so I pulled his hair. I shouldn't have. That might have been... Oh, that's sent off Yeah, these shouldn't, days. Have, shouldn't have. But I had a bit of it in my hand. Smelt it. Smelt lovely. Um, but Dimitri Sarzeski is in at hooker. And I'm going to dig deep to try and find a loose head. If I could, I'd have Swordsman Tom Evans up front, but I can't. So we're good looking back. I'm going to start a scrum off. And we spoke about him earlier. He's a friend of the show, a fan of the show. Cooney! Cooney! I mean, good-looking boy. Hair's always on point. Uh, he's ripping it up now in the Champions Cup for Ulster. Cooney, I've got a bit of a man crush on him. And we're going over to Ulster in a couple of weeks, don't know if I mentioned it, uh, to commentate for BT Sport against Harlequins. Um, so, you know, I might go and stalk him as well for a bit of fun. Oh, good I'm, luck ho- I'm hoping Stevie Ferris is going to take me out and we'll go looking for Teddy Von Trump. But yeah, uh, Cooney is my selection at Scrum Half in the good-looking 15. Very good. All right, well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. Custom Smugglers is where it's at right now, and it couldn't be easier to design your own on their website. It's so easy that we've actually had a go, and there are some limited edition ones on there on their site at the moment with Jim's head and Goody's body on it. Hey, Goody, look at us, mate. Swimwear designers. Apparently, they've sold 150,000 pairs. You're welcome. You are well, fashion leaders, Jim. I wouldn't, would you wear them? Would I? Yeah, well, yeah. Mate, I do. I've got them on now. There we go. Well, they are limited edition, so you'll have to get in quick if you want to appear. Uh, maybe maybe next week you guys can record the whole pod and your budgie smugglers if they sell out. Well, you, you do it with your bum bag as well. I'll hang it out. Yeah, whatever. Let's go. Oh, you said you'll do it. There if you go. guys do it. Oh, no, no. It's too late now. If we all do it. Too late now. Well, let's start off with the good, shall we? Um, and we'll start off in France. Dun, dun, dun. No one ever expects that. But Toulouse... Two out of two with a decent win over Connacht, scoring a try in the last minute to get the bonus point. Uh, we'll stay in France, actually, but it's not a French team. It's Leinster. Uh, an ugly win on the road, but two from two uh, over in Lyon. Uh, 13-6 there, so their European form continues. Uh, what else was good? Saracens, but only on the field. I thought their performance against the Ospreys was pretty special. Elliot Daly, uh, another guy that you know somehow they squeeze into that salary cap uh, has done exceptionally well on debut um, but what else was good Dan Bigger spoke about him earlier skills to pay the bills a lovely flick for a try uh, and the penalty to win it outstanding skills from him uh, Exeter they got the good last week in the second half they dismantled Glasgow Noel and Slade back to some rip-roaring form there two from two as well outstanding what else was good Cooney Cooney hero legend top bloke good looking boy uh, he was outstanding Ulster brilliant win for them over Claremont at Fortress Kingspan can't wait to get over there for round three the good this week though has to go to one man and one man only the most audacious bit of skill 
I've seen on the rugby field. Finn Russell, the magician, uh, megged Rory Scannell to uh, score a try himself and then lovely little break to create the try for Wanimoff. Uh, he is just having a ball at the minute. Now he's out of that Scotland jersey and back surrounded by decent players at Racing. He is a complete magician. Awesome by Finn Russell. Uh, the bad. Well, why not? Let's start off in France, shall we? Uh, Leon poor again in the Champions Cup. Two from two in terms of defeats. Losing 13-6 at home. But they did get their first league points. Top of the top 14. Can't win a game in Europe. What else about? Let's stay in France. They weren't in France, but we're going to stay in France. Claremont, uh, abject over in Ulster. Uh, you can now see why they've not won it uh, when they put performances out like that. Uh, what else was bad? Glasgow's second half wasn't great. A few injuries, but they got dismantled by Exeter. Uh, Ospreys, uh, they've now played 8-1-1 this season uh, after getting absolutely humperdinked at Saracens. Uh, tough start to the season for them. Not good enough in Europe. That was pretty bad. Uh, but unfortunately, the bad this week... Uh, it's some really bad news uh, for an absolute legend of the game. It's the horrific news this week that former Scotland and British and Irish Lions prop Tom Smith has been diagnosed with stage four cancer, um, which is attacking his body everywhere. We're wishing him a massive good luck in his recovery. Really sad story. That's really sad. I was gutted, absolutely gutted watching the interview on the BBC. Um, brought a tear to my eye. I think that you look at how much people get behind Doddy and... Hambo, which is obviously fantastic. The foundations are amazing. I just hope we don't forget about Tom Smith and trying to raise money for him. And there's a few ways in which you can do that. And look, we're not here all the time asking for money and asking for support from our listeners, but I am asking you now for your support for an unbelievable bloke and his family. Uh, we're not too sure how this is going to affect Tom and how long he, you know, he's going to be able to fight this because it is advanced now. But look, there's a Just Giving page out there. It's justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash Tom Smith fund. It'd be very nice if people can get behind him. There's a, there's a few ways that you can do that. But look, ultimately, it comes down to d- donating the money, uh, donating a pound, £10, whatever you've got, whatever you can do. Let's get behind Tom Smith and his family. Yeah, it's a real shame. And you think back to our trip to Hong Kong last year where we played in that touch game for tackle cancer and Tom was there playing happy as Larry um, and it just shows how the effect that it can have on. He, he came to support the charity himself, didn't know he had it and then we see him now. It's a real shame. So all the best, Tom, and you know, let's do as much as we can in the rugby community to support him and his family. The ugly. Wow. Where are we going for this, boys? Foreskin. France, uh, and two bits of play are pretty ugly over the weekend. Well, three bits of play actually pretty ugly. Um, we'll start down at Montpellier with Jacques Duplessis, uh, his elbow to the head of uh, Bruce Grobelar. He's hard, I reckon, that Grobelar. He gets it, puts it about a bit. Well, with a name like Grobelar, you hope so. Yeah. Um, so Jacques Duplessis with the elbow to the head, that was pretty ugly. Then we'll go to La Rochelle. And not the obvious thing straight away, because Dumeru, the centre, who's a quality player, to be fair to him. The kangaroo. In the centre. Dumeru, the kangaroo. Uh, stamping all over the hands. I think it was of Rob Webber. Um, no place for that in the game. But the ugly this week can only go to one man. And his name is Pierre Bougarit. The bogey eater. The bogey eater. What did you call him earlier, Bougar? Foreskin. Foreskin. He's gone for La Forcette, which in French is the gouge of the eyes. Uh, as Jim said, it is the worst thing you can do to a rugby player on the field. Uh, so Pierre Bougarit gets the foreskin and the ugly. Bougarit. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. Thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the Rugby Pod. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod, pod, pod.